Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur Media and Yelp. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali Barbecue Media. I want to give a special shout out to Toast, our primary technology partner, for believing in this show. Uh, we have gotten some incredible numbers from entrepreneur.com over the last three months just alone. We've had over 2 million people who have listened or who have watched this show. So, Thank you. If you are a listener, if you watch this on entrepreneur.com, if you watch it on YouTube, we are grateful for you. If you're new to the show, welcome. We're very excited to have you in life, in the restaurant business, and in the creator economy. We learn through lessons from stories. Today, we have a power couple in the influencer economy. They are the founders of Mate Society. It is Hernan Reggiardo and Samantha Trottier. So happy to have you guys on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here. Same. So I'm going to I'm going to sh shift the show for people that have listened. I usually start with an unusual question, but I'm going to go to a post that actually Hernan made on LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, you put the two point five trillion dollar market that no one is targeting is Hispanics. Did you know that one in every five Americans is Hispanic. 58% of Hispanics in the US are under the age of 34. You put of the 130 brands that we work with, only three have wanted to create Hispanic content. Our personal TikTok that is entirely in Spanish has almost 1 million followers and is a case study that we use for clients, but brands don't ask for Spanish content. I'm going to ask you, why is it important to target consumers in their native language? I think it's a, it's a way to connect with your consumers and with possible clients that it's so deep. It's like, um, like the meme culture. The meme culture, it's to connect the people or with feelings or with memories, a lot of past memories, childhood memories. And I feel like that's a lot uh, have to be with the Spanish to connect with the people, you really have to talk their language, you really have to understand them. And I think that's really important. And it's a, mar a market that no one is like paying attention to. It's, it's crazy. And more in companies that they're in uh, south of the US, like Texas, Florida, California, Arizona, uh, it's, it's just very important. And mostly a, lo a lot of these brands are also internationally, a lot of big brands are internationally. So it's very important that, that we're talking about that and we're giving opportunities to, to Spanish-speaking people as well as all other communities to try to connect with them more deeply, yes. So what I love about your story for people that know me and have followed our journey as podcasters, we had a show, we do have a show called Digital Hospitality. Mm -hmm. So this is our second show with entrepreneur.com. And we had you on Digital Hospitality because I was so impressed with the content that you were creating, not only for LinkedIn, but for Instagram. And now I've watched your journey since you've been on the show, literally for the last two years where you've blown up. Literally, you not only help other brands to succeed creating TikTok content and photography and animation. But now you're also getting asked by brands to do the same thing. So you're kind of playing the game within the game, which we like to say on this show. I mean, your, your TikTok account, which is, how, what, how do you, what's the handle? Media Luncita. <laughs> Media Luncita. It's Luncita. So we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can find it, but it's at M-E-D-I-A 
L-U-N-C-I-T-A. And I want you guys to go to the account because not only do they have over a million followers on TikTok, they're getting over 355 million views per month. But really what they're doing is something special. Can you tell me about the birth of that channel and kind of how you started to gain traction? Yeah, last year, July of 2021, there was the Copa America and Hernan was watching a soccer game. So I was just posting on TikTok for fun. Honestly, we knew that it was a big opportunity for us, especially since we are content creators for photography. So I wanted to start posting on it, but I was learning a lot about it like everybody. So I posted this video of Hernan literally swearing at his soccer game on his laptop and it went viral about two days after I posted it. And his dad was calling him, please take it down. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Don't be doing that. But it was in Spanish and it was about my perspective as an American with an, a Latino and how I find this weird. So we thought, okay, this is an interesting play. Let's start playing on this international couple culture differences. And since that video was all in Spanish because Hernan was swearing in Spanish, we just started creating more and more videos. And then lately it's turned into a lot of relatable couple meme style videos and also about differing cultures as an international couple and my journey learning Spanish. People really like, because I speak Spanish very incorrectly because <laughs> I'm still <laughs> learning. So people really like that I'm inspiring them to learn a new language and not be scared to speak the language, post speaking the language. And it's just grown so much ever since. It's, yeah, it's been a little over a year and we got a million followers in a year. It's absolutely incredible. Can you, can you talk about the courage? Because that's something we talk a lot about on the show when we're trying to inspire other people in the hospitality business, restaurant owners to understand we literally can become our own media company. We have an entire show that happens in our restaurant every single day. I have incredible people that work, Bernice, who's working at the barbecue pits every day. If I have the courage to share her story, then great things can happen and people can connect. It takes a lot of courage for someone that doesn't speak Spanish to create content of you messing up. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So we always talk about this all the time that when you don't have a platform, you think about everybody that's watching and all these people that told you that it's dumb or whatever, that being a content creator is not cool. Most of your friends or your family, like, you know, that's putting videos out and yeah, that always comes to mind. But then now that we have a platform, we don't care about those people anymore because now it's brown <laughs> us so many opportunities. So when we started posting more on Instagram, more on LinkedIn, after our TikTok started blowing up, it gave us a lot of motivation that those people are not important. And I think everybody should take that messaging that you can't think about the people that are bringing you down because once you grow followers and are at the top, then they're going to be asking you for advice. How did you do it? <laughs> How did you do it? Exactly. Yeah. So it, it definitely takes a lot of courage, but it is so, so worth it. And the opportunities that it can bring are just so you can't even imagine and mostly in tiktok that is different than instagram that every time you post on instagram your friends are gonna see it first and yep. you always if your friends don't like it no one else is gonna see it but tiktok you have something amazing that 80 percent of people that's that sees your videos are people that don't know you and people that they are not in your network so that's that should make you 80 percent less scared of posting content and just putting it out and see what happens and messing up like Samantha, like she's a great example of like 
that you don't really need to prepare so much. You don't need to have a perfect makeup. Your the, the, the counter of your restaurant doesn't have to be perfectly clean every single video and setting it up. Like, it's fine. Like, it's real. People love that realness. And that's really good that TikTok is giving that to people because people want to see that. They crave re relatability as compared to Instagram five years ago where it was all curated and perfect. Nowadays, people really crave that relatability that they can connect with, which is just so much more fun. It's so much more fun. I think for me, it's it's inspiring to see you guys. I remember first having you on the show talking about building a digital agency and a social agency and how you were so against that way of doing it. And really this new creator economy that's come about has allowed people so many different opportunities that you would never have thought possible. You would yeah. never have thought that you, both of you would be earning an income from other brands saying, hey, you make videos for us as opposed to you creating content for them yeah exactly i mean we just bought a house this year and we Amazing. joke that it's internet money because <laughs> we got it's it from true. making photos for instagram and tiktok videos so yeah there's so many opportunities plus all of the opportunities like this getting interviews getting to meet so many amazing people from putting yourself out there is just worth everything so we work with a lot of larger chain restaurants as well and some big bigger companies and I talk about the same thing that I talk uh, to an independent restaurant owner you know using your smartphone it doesn't matter if it's an iPhone or if it's an Android like you have a free platform like TikTok you have a free platform like Instagram you have YouTube shorts there's things that you can do to get your story out to build community and connection in ways that are bigger than your village bigger than your city bigger than your your community can you talk about the things when you're pitching all these brands, you talk, Ernan, you talk about all the rejection. I love rejection because that's only fuel to my fire to how, how do I get this going? It took us 52 podcasts before we ever even published one of these for entrepreneur.com. So we were rejected many times, but you talk about rejection. What, what's holding people up? What's holding these big brands up from understanding, hey, maybe I should try this. Why are brands putting parameters around the creative? I think it's because the size of the companies, the companies have became, they became so big that they're not flexible anymore. Um, once the CEO decides that, okay, it's, it's time to do TikTok, then they tell the marketing manager, the marketing manager tells their marketing people, the marketing people create a plan. They send it to an agency, the agency twists a little bit. Every step, they twist a little bit, they twist a little bit they hire a good content creator, the content creator twist it again, and then the content is out, then they send it back, the CEO says, okay, and it's been a month, you know, it's been a yeah. month and there's a lot of middlemen there, uh, there's a lot of money wasted and they don't have the speed and the flexibility to, to post content in the regular. And I think that's a lot, a, a lot of a big problem of the industry that, the marketing department have become so big. And then also that, like. I think that people really overthink it. It's kind yeah, of going off yeah. what he says, because TikTok is just so distinct in that way that you can post something that you think you don't even know if it's going to do well and it could go super viral. And we've had that happen so many times. And then another moment you think something's going to go really viral and it doesn't. So we think a lot of times, when brands overcomplicate it, is this our brand voice? Is this things they end up just not posting? And that is just not the way to do it. It's better to just post 
I mean, in a way, it's great for small companies, small chains of restaurants, small like small CBG brands. It's just the greatest opportunity of all time, probably because they give the same platform to to like a small. I there is a pizza guy, actually a guy with a pizza place mm-hmm. in the US, and he's like making videos and throwing the uh, the football ball to my dog until Tom Brady comes to try my pizza. That's literally <laughs> what he does. He, draw, he, draw, he have 3.6 million followers now. Yeah. I think it's a small pizza place. And it's just crazy how random things like this or, or, or people like that can just put the dreams out and, and, and make it happen. Yeah. Can you tell me, give me some success stories of, because of, we talk a lot for restaurant owners about coming up with other ways that they can make money in their, in their restaurant, like consumer packaged goods. The beauty about TikTok is it's a global market. Literally anybody that has the internet can find, can be on TikTok and find your product, find out what you're selling and go, Hey, I want to buy it. That's why CPG works so well. Can you talk about a success story of somebody that, you know, that you've worked with, that you've helped them succeed on TikTok? Yeah, we have actually, we've worked with many brands and lately they have, we've post created 50 videos in the last month. So now they're all getting posted recently, Awesome, which is really crazy. Some that we've worked with have been, one was a rum company. And so a lot of brands come back at us that alcohol isn't allowed on TikTok, which technically is true, but as long as you don't consume it, it is okay. So you can have the bottle. So then we've been posting things for them, creative videos for them that were more in a meme style that were just kind of silly using trending sounds, showing recipes um, without ever consuming it. And they got 10,000 followers, I think in about a month. Yeah. And- yeah. And, and the, the most important is the converting on sales. Like people focus so much also on the followers and, and people have to put the content out and, and, and be active on the platforms. And I think like, that's great. We having a little, hard time now finding uh, the return on investments and like uh, f- having people to tell us, okay, this is what, this is how the videos are performing. Like also- Just because um, it's hard to come back to the brand and ask for that when they just are kind of like, okay, you create the videos, bye. <laughs> yeah. But, well, that, uh, I mean, I think that's, it's interesting because it's, how do you do something that's sustainable, right? How do you build a brand relationship Whereas a creator in this creator economy, it's not a transaction. It's not like, hey, we hired you, you made a video, it did really well, or it didn't do well, like that's it. Now we're on to the next influencer. It's how, as an influencer, do you build up that credibility, but that that constant income where it's like, these are campaigns. Every quarter we're doing a certain campaign. How, how do you think people are, are looking at that? Yeah, I think, I think in the influencer side is easier because normally... When you promote something, you have a discount code and it's really easy to track and it's like, okay, this is going good. We're converting a lot. Uh, so that's great. In the content creator side, like our agency side is a bit more complicated just because they, most of people don't have a long-term plans or they just, <laughs> you know, it's like, you okay, say. Let's, yeah, let's do 10 videos. They post two in the first month. They never post them again. Yep. So it's like, it's very out of like our hands and it's a little harder to control. Yeah. Can you explain? I I think that's very important. And as somebody that produces much content that we do so much of what 
I mean, the person that that does our Cali barbecue Instagram and, and TikTok page, he doesn't even live in California anymore. He's literally repurposing content that we've had for the last 15 years that I've lived online, and he's just editing it in different ways. Can you talk about why? I mean, you you also put a post about the fact that $30,000 you would spend before to hire an agency to produce a commercial. Now, what can you do with $30,000? Yeah, we always joke about this because nowadays you don't need an expensive camera. You don't need a lighting specialist, models, um, a sound guy, all of these things to make a production. Nowadays, we just take out our iPhone, we make our scene and we film in our home and edit it on my phone and send it back through Dropbox on our computer. So um, it's definitely, you can get, we were, oh gosh, we did the math. No, I can't do the math on how many videos yeah for thirty thousand dollars you can get 60 videos yeah like a lot that's how much we charge for those so then um imagine they used to get one commercial for thirty thousand dollars now we're giving you 60 15 second to one minute videos for thirty thousand dollars yeah it's 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 crazy and also like the first time we talked we back in the day we all only offer photography and we offer video too and we have so many problems on like um, hiring a filmmaker we help him with the with the brief with the whole concept of it but it was just like a lot of people around and every shot took so much time and detail that it becomes really expensive and now in the last months uh, our income is 80 75 percent just More. TikTok videos when we didn't have any background on on filmmaking, not a lot. Like I have my photography background. She have a creative direction uh, background, but nothing about like filmmaking, hot, solid filmmaking, which is completely crazy. Yeah, you can just, about. we learned from scrolling on TikTok Looking, and seeing yeah. what videos do we like watching. So let's create more videos like that. So we realized we like videos that are very fast cut. There's a lot of things going on. So you wanna keep watching them and not scroll. We like videos that have a good hook at the beginning. We like videos that aren't, um, that have some sort of context. So when you watch them, you feel like you understand what's going on and it's not just completely random, then you scroll. So we realized kind of what we like and how we can offer that to our clients. And also the content that we do create for clients, we don't do any trending sounds. We would add the trending sound on later. So we create the concept and then would add a trending sound on later so that the content that they have is evergreen content that they can yep. use the entire year and they feel like they're getting the most value for their money from us and then they can use them for ads as long as possible yeah i think that what we do is because like like i said yeah um a couple of minutes before you you need some time to create to approve with the marketing manager and stuff so you need that time to approve it so it's very evergreen but it's important that the companies by itself have someone responsible for social media to keep doing the behind the scenes that people love so much yeah. and the trending sounds. It's like, okay, yeah, this, this trending sound today, let's just do it. Boom. Uh, I think that's really important. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard for brands to realize how much content is in the internet. They think that because they've posted something on Instagram on one week, that next week, if they posted the same thing, that their audience is going to get tired of it. And that's the same on TikTok. And it's just not the, it's just not the case. No, exactly. We, I thought the same thing when we were posting on TikTok, because 
I had a lot of followers coming from TikTok to my personal Instagram. So I thought if I post these same TikToks on Instagram, the followers are going to hate it and everything. But then I started posting our most viral TikToks on Instagram reels. I just removed the watermark, same caption, same edit, everything. And within one month, I got 250,000 followers. It's unbelievable. I mean, when I, when I interviewed you in two years ago, you had 8,000 followers. We literally in the article, we have a screenshot. You have 8,000. Now you're what close to 400,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. In the last two years, most of it has came from, I would say March of this year. Yeah. And reposting the Instagram or the most viral TikToks on Instagram reels a hundred percent. Can you talk about, can you tell us about YouTube shorts just for the people that don't, don't understand what's happening there? Yeah. Um, I want to keep say another uh, thing about the, the thing that we were talking also um, repurposing videos. Like you said, um, we have a cookie dough company, uh, a case that we have behind the scenes. We, we grab the video behind the scenes that didn't do good in the past. We cut it, we repurpose it. We post it again in the same platform, TikTok, and they sold out. Cookie wow down. so got rep- three million views almost a million likes yeah it, it was completely crazy so even if one video fails just the re-editing as you know it just yeah re-editing or changing the voiceover sometimes changing the the structure of the video uh it's fine like you can post it next to each other and it's yep. okay yeah so back to youtube shorts yeah we've also been a little bit sleeping on youtube shorts that um it is so similar to tiktok and a lot of people's right. attention is going there so recently we've started posting our most viral tiktoks on youtube shorts as well um which is actually pretty easy because we do everything ourselves we don't have a team working behind us to post all of our things so we're posting on nine platforms a day <laughs> <laughs> like literally the whole morning it's just, it's just posting, it's just posting <laughs> so i personally just take the my most viral tiktok i remove the tiktok watermark i post it on my personal instagram reels and i post it on youtube shorts and so far we i mean i just started this about a month ago because i think we heard something from probably gary v and he told us we have to be posting on youtube shorts and um we've just realized that you have to be spreading the content across platforms it's just the best thing possible yeah i mean we've struggled to build a youtube channel for as long as we've had a youtube page and now we're posting on youtube shorts all the things that we've been doing on TikTok, but obviously without the watermark and going in and adding those tags too for the long term, you know, for the long form. So those SEO tags that you can actually tag what's happening in the video, what's yeah. going on. Um, and it's turned out very, I mean, it's turned out very well, better than all the other stuff, all of our longer form content on YouTube. So just, that is that is an exciting platform for people. Yeah. And it's just the second search engine. Yep. Like the biggest, the second biggest after Google, I think. So it's great. And something that we found out as well is the TikTok search. We saw ourselves, oh, we need to paint our room or we want to go to a cool restaurant in Miami. Like literally. Restaurant in Miami. We That's what we use. I mean, I'm 24 and I don't even use Google anymore. I'm using TikTok to find cute restaurants to go have dinner in. So it's great. We've also used that a lot. I know some people are really adverse to hashtags they don't want to use hashtags they think it doesn't look cool we max out on hashtags personally we use awesome. as many as possible because it tells tiktok what the video is about it pushes it to the algorithm plus we own one hashtag on tiktok that we started using in the beginning so now if you even search that hashtag all of our videos will come up 
So, and now it has, I think almost 300 million views that hashtag. So it's yeah. been really important for us, the use of hashtags. And we know other creators really don't like using them. Yeah, it's just, and it works so good, the search. It's completely insane. If, if someone that is listening here that never searched in TikTok something, try it out because it's crazy. Well, yeah, now with the geotag as well. So if you're listening to this podcast, no matter where you are, literally after this, go on to TikTok and search whatever city you're in for whatever food category your restaurant's in and see what comes up because it should be your food. It should yeah. be your restaurant. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So this is a show for entrepreneur.com and you know, it's easy to look and see how successful, you know, your internet money, buying a house and having a million followers. I've been following you guys, but can you talk about when those dark moments where you didn't, you know, I know, I know the story. I know the backstory we talked about in the other episode, but, but for this audience, can you, can you kind of bring us back to, to when you quit and when you said, Oh shit, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. So Hernan and I met in Bali in February of 2020. And when Hernan came to the U.S. in June of 2020. He's from Argentina. Um, obviously, it was the middle of COVID. I lost my job in, I was working in tech and Hernan was working as a photographer. And so there was really no work for me, no work for him. So we decided let's just do something. We need to make money out of desperation. And for the first about four months, we were really struggling. We weren't even making enough to pay our rent. Like we were digging into savings as much as possible. Um, and so for us, it was really important to keep reinvesting back into the business so that this is something that can be with us long-term. So that was definitely like the hardest part for us was the end of 2020. And then again, we had a really hard time. Um, Ernan wasn't able to visit his family for the whole, for three years. So we finally got to go visit them in the um, end of 2021 in December. We went to Argentina for two months we had worked so hard in 2021. We were very, very burnt out. <laughs> so we went to Argentina. We did not work at all for two months. And in our business, you need to be reaching out to clients pretty often so that shoots get booked. Because once the client says, yes, I want to book the shoot, you get paid about three months later because by the time you shoot and then it's the 30 day payment. So because we didn't work at all, then when we came back, we were calling on our clients that said they wanted to shoot and things were falling through. And so we were panicking that we weren't getting any work. What are we going to do? We want to buy a house. Um, we need to get more money to buy this house. And so that was another really hard moment and an awakening for us that we need to be taking breaks throughout the year, throughout every, every week so that we don't get burnt out so that this doesn't happen again. So this year, that was a big priority for us. We used to not take weekends off, but now we're taking weekends to not even go on our computer and just do something together as a couple and go to the are you, beach. Are you doing any, are you filming any content during these weekends or is, I mean, is it a no content? It's in your blood when it's, it's in, in your blood. Place. We really love it. So but we isn't, don't... That the, isn't that the beauty of it? I mean, that's what I try to explain to business owners when you're talking about the content create, once you realize that your business life and your personal life, yes, we all need to take care of ourselves. But once you realize you have your smartphone in your pocket and you start to document your life and the thing that's resonating with the internet, obviously, and with your fans is that you're being true to who you are, Yeah. but you're just being true to who you are. And if you're having a funny joke or you're watching the, you know, the football match and like you capture that because you have a phone with you, who yeah. knows what, what business opportunity that's going to lead to. Exactly. Yeah. We always keep reminding ourselves that 
you create content about your life. You don't need to create content separate from your life. So just do live your life and then film it Yeah, as simple as it needs to be. It doesn't need to be this whole conceptual thing that you create. Yeah, that's what we try to do as much as we can. It's like, okay, like at the beginning, we used to set up and like say, okay, let's do this. Let's set up the tripod. Let's do that. And now it's like, okay, like we maybe have to do this for the rest of our lives. Like how are we going to adapt our content so it's more easygoing and it doesn't have a lot of impact in our life, you know? And it represents who we are so that people love us for us and not for this content that we create that we formulate and ideate. And yeah. so we think that now we're we're doing a lot of day in the life. We're doing recipes we like. We're kind of expanding this content so that it is more true to who we are, which makes it more fun. Yeah, and it makes it more unique. You know, my yeah. my my media mentor David Meltzer he teaches me that the truth vibrates the fastest, and that's what makes you stop scrolling is when you see someone's truth. Um, I kept seeing all the stuff that you guys were doing. I've obviously huge fans and. Um, that's why people are reaching out to you, the hugest brands. Can you talk about the the brand deal that you guys had with uh, with Bang Energy? Obviously, we don't need the, the details, but just kind of how that happened and how it was successful. Yeah. So what was crazy is Bang reached out to us because we have our um, email on our TikTok and my personal Instagram. Aren't, aren't those like the oh shit moments that we live for yeah. as entrepreneurs? You're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this Who, actually who's reaching out to us? Exactly. It was crazy. And they reached out to us about doing a monthly collaboration on a one-year contract. And for us as freelance content creators, a one-year monthly contract (laughs) is music to our ears because that means some stability. So we were really excited. Plus it's Bang, which is an amazing brand to work with. And um, they also taught us a lot about how to manage influencers because they send over amazing decks of how they want their content and everything. And they also let us do it with our style. So a lot of times we just do our normal video and are holding the can in there and those get the most views. We had one get 6 million views, one get 5 million views. Yeah. And, so and it was great for them. Yeah. And that's what happened a lot to us when uh, we're getting influencer collabs. Like when they pay a lot of money to be in our page, they literally try to like milk it as much as possible. Please tag two times, put the hashtags, then name, you have to name the brand. Of course, uh, that's fine. And it doesn't really matter. Like this is yeah. um, just did like a video that Sam was saying. He got 6 million views and it's literally us doing a, a meme of kind of like a couple meme and just holding the can literally in the middle of and the And tagging frame. it in the bottom. And it's just like, everyone looks at that. Like everyone sees it. Like yep. brands have to understand that it's just like people... Well, I think for me, it's so interesting. There's somebody I follow JT Barrett and he did a couple pieces of content um, on TikTok about brands and them putting restrictions on the creative. And I think when you're, the problem is in the past, we used to not think that the consumer, the customer, the user was as smart as we are. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't insult the community that you've built. It's the same way that we're not going to have someone on this show that's a sponsor that's paying to be a sponsor if we don't believe in what they're offering restaurant owners or hospitality professionals. Yeah. I won't do it. It's not worth it to me. And it's the same thing for for somebody that's building that's an influencer that's creating a platform. Why why would you eventually yet you could take the money but then what's that going to do to you in the long run? Exactly. We're really particular about what brand deals we take because we don't want our page to turn into all ads. We want it to still be fun. So we'd rather do less ads that are higher 
money for us and actually speak to our audience so that we don't lose any engagement for doing ads. So that's really important to us. And also I was just thinking that when we work with restaurants, they'll reach out to us to come and have food. And we love when they just say, you know, we invite you to come. If you guys want to post something, um, that would be great, but whatever you want to do is fine. And then we're more willing to post more things because they don't ask us for too much. And we just find it really sweet that they aren't giving us too many expectations. And when people ask us, well, can you please make two TikToks and tag us? Then we feel more resistant because we don't know the experience. We don't know what it's like. We don't want to commit to something that maybe we don't want to offer to our followers. So when people are more open, we're more willing to help them because they're wanting the authentic experience and they want that if their rest, if we love their restaurant, then we will post about it. And if we don't, then we don't. Yeah, I, I think that that's why, like, for example, the collab with Bang is so good. And I really respect them because they're like, okay, guys, they kind of have to be always on frame and you have to drink it for half a second. That's all you have to do. Do what you know best and do what your community like likes, right? Yep. And I feel like the same in restaurants. Um, and there's a case study of a cafe that it's kind cafe, something like that in TikTok. And they literally are in the street inside of a car. I'm pretty sure you saw it. They just say nice things to people in the street. And uh, they'll say, oh, you look so great today. And then they're like, oh, thank you. But they say it in a funny way. And it's really fun mm-hmm. to watch. And they, they have how many followers? Yeah, they have like over a million. And the coffee shops are always popping. And they never show the coffee. They never show the inside of the coffee. You wonder like... And then you started creeping around. It's like, because we all creep in social media, we all love to see what this is going. And I feel like that's great. And it, it's okay if it's not very product focused, like that's fine. Like in a restaurant, also example that it comes to my mind is showing cleaning your restaurant, how to set up your restaurant before people come. Satisfying like cleaning, that. people love that. Yeah. And that's what we thought also this cafe was so genius because nobody knows what their cafe looks like. They could have a really old cafe that they're waiting to renovate but they're getting millions of followers they're getting good business because they found a a creative way to still go on tiktok that resonates with their brand of being kind and that's really cool have you guys have you guys started doing have you do you do tiktok lives yeah we do not we don't really schedule them we're not really um consistent but we go live and we also like that because we notice when people go live too often then um, you you always kind of expect them to be live, but when people don't go live as often, then you really want to go in because you're like, what do they sound like? I don't really hear yeah. them often. Um, yeah, when we go live, it's really, really fun to engage with the people. We do it all in Spanish, which is fun for me to practice. That's awesome. Yeah. We go once a month. It should be off. I think it should be a little more often maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we really don't like when some people do it every day. I think it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So we, every single week, we, uh, we put on a show on clubhouse called, uh, on digital hospitality. So on Wednesday and Friday at 10 AM Pacific standard time, we invite people that listen to this show, um, to come on clubhouse, share their story. And we like to give a shout out to the people that are actually putting in the work. My grandfather, he taught me to stay curious, to get involved and to ask for help. So if you're listening to this show, you're already curious. You're part of this rising tide. You're part of our inner tribe. But then you actually have to do something with the information. You have to take what you guys have told us today, start your TikTok account or reach out to an influencer, reach out to you guys, you know, start to develop a relationship. But 
Clubhouse gives us an opportunity to anybody that's listening to the show come up and and share their story. And today I'm going to give a shout out to Jesus Gutierrez. He is the co-founder of the app Chamba. Um, Chamba is a app that allows Hispanic uh, Latinx people to find work. So they've been doing some really cool stuff on Instagram and on TikTok, um, connecting people with great jobs, people that are Spanish speaking with great jobs in the hospitality business. Um, so I want to give him a shout out and his whole team Chamba. But the thing I love for you guys to do is can you give me a one minute in Spanish, because now we we clip this content and we're going to put this on TikTok and we're going to put it on Instagram, but you have the entire entrepreneur.com audience and speaking to that Hispanic community, give us a reason why people should be making content and why it's so important to, to also to tap into to making Spanish content specifically. Okay. I think you should go for it because... Voy a empezar. <laughs> Necesitas hacer contenido en Spanish. En contenido porque es súper importante y vas a tener más oportunidades que no puedes pensar y en TikTok 80% de, uh, de tus videos no va a ser de tus seguidores va a haber de otras personas que no son sus seguidores entonces es súper importante para postear y no tiene miedo y tiene confianza en yourself Sí, eso. In yourself. <risas> hay que estar seguro de sí mismo, no hay, no hay que tomárselo muy serio, muy seriamente. Tenés que documentar lo que haces, mostrar a la gente qué servicio tenés, qué, qué, lo, lo que tenés para ofrecer al mundo y, y, y disfrutar, y disfrutar el camino. Esto está para quedarse, los videos van a estar para siempre, así que tenemos que hacernos amigos de eso y disfrutarlo y postearte siempre. Todo estamos aprendiendo, entonces es importante para probar y intentar y aprender con todo. Love it. You guys are amazing. Um, where, where can people find you? What are the best handles? We'll put links in the show notes. Where do you want yeah. people to follow you? Yeah, follow us on TikTok at Medialuncita. Um, we'll have it in the link so, below. Yeah. It's in Spanish. Or you can look us up, Sam E. Hernan, in Spanish with the Y, E. And then my Instagram is Sam Trottier with two R's at the end, S-A-M-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R-R. Hernan is Hernan Reg, Hernan, H-E-R-N-A-N-R-E-G. And then you can check out some of our TikToks and photos at www.matesociety.com or work by mate on Give Instagram. I love it. You guys are awesome. I don't, I, that's not my department. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome. You're one, of, you're one of my favorite people to follow. You guys, I mean, the, the work that you're doing is inspiring, but I know this is just the beginning because you guys are going to have a global agency and people are going to be reaching out to you. Brands are going to be reaching out to you. Hopefully restaurant owners, restaurant brands, big brands that listen to this show um, that they start asking you for help because, uh, this is just the beginning of something really, really cool. So thank you guys so much for being here. We appreciate you guys listening. Stay curious, get involved. Don't be afraid to ask for help. If you want to reach out to me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, W-A-L-C-H-E-F on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, all the platforms. And we hope to see you guys on Clubhouse. We will check you next week. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you so much. Have a great one.
And a special thank you to our title sponsor, Toast. Toast is the primary technology partner that we use at our restaurant, Cali Barbecue. It is also the primary technology partner that so many of the guests have shared with us on this show. People like Sam, the cooking guy, Stacy Poonkinney, Jeff Alexander. So many times the guests tell us that they're using Toast when we didn't even know that going into the interview. That is why we are so grateful that they sponsor this show. We want you to win. You that listen to this show, we want you to improve your digital hospitality. Toast is built for restaurants and it's built for you. Toast is the restaurant first platform that's built for your needs, whatever your size, concept, or ambitions. Improve your bottom line with a customizable platform that's easy to learn, use, and grow with. And it meets you where you are with all the right tools for your price point. If you have any questions about Toast, please DM me at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. I will get you the link to the right Toast contact in your market. It's so important that if you listen to this show, that you win. We want you to be on this show eventually. Let us know that you heard the show, you heard about Toast, you implemented Toast, you did a Toast unboxing in your restaurant. Talk to us about how you've impacted your village, your city, your community. Share your Toast story with us. DM me today to learn more. Be sure to check out Toast.